Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,469. Well, the one we've been using at core a lot was keep grinding. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I am revved up and so excited to share with you today a very special returning guest here on Cars Yeah, Jeff Braun. He's calling in from the infield at Daytona International Speedway, where he's doing some work today. Let me give you a quick intro. Jeff Braun is a racing engineer who most recently worked with Core Racing and IMSA. He's been the competition director on the LMP2 cars in the Tudor United Sports Car series for speed source engineering and Mazda racing. Jeff attended his first race at a very young age. He was only three years old and he started karting at seven. You could say his life has been pretty much all about racing. After going to work to manage the Transact racing team, he purchased the business after only two years and created a racing engineering consulting business. Transact has been a part of almost every kind of race car venture in the world. Jeff's won eight sports car championships, along with two Daytona 24-hour wins, eight Sebring 12 hours, and four Petit Le Mans wins. With fellow racing engineer Paul Haney, he wrote a book that's titled Inside Racing Technology. And by the way, Jeff's going to be a key speaker at this year's 25th annual Armadillo Racing Seminar. It's a seminar I spoke at last year. It's going to take place February 8th in Tacoma, Washington. If you want to learn more and meet Jeff in person, Go to armadilloracing.com's website and sign up to attend the seminar. We'll be back in just a moment, but first, a word from our valued sponsors. Winter's here and things can get a little messy. Rain, snow, salt, mud, dirt, and everything Mother Nature comes up with can hurt the finishes of your vehicles, both inside and out. I'm not worried, though, because I've used Covercraft car covers on my rides since 1975. Today, Covercraft offers you a total solution to vehicle protection. They make the best-fitting, finest-made car covers in the world and offer a wide variety of materials, colors, and options that protect your paint and the interior, too. Live where it's sunny all the time? Lucky. Covercraft dash covers and sunscreens are the best. Got pets? Messy kids? Messy in-laws? Or just messy friends? Covercraft seat covers are the perfect fit and the perfect solution for keeping your seats looking new and don't forget their custom fit floor mats and trunk liners they are a must-have for all your vehicles your cars trucks van or whatever you drive will say thank you and i've got a deal for you during january 2020 you can get 10 percent off plus free shipping on all covercraft products that's right go to covercraft.com and use the code yeah 120 that's y-e-a-h 120 at checkout that's covercraft.com and use the code yeah 120 at checkout Hey, Cars Yeah! Race fans. Andy Collins, owner of Armadillo Racing, is a past guest here on Cars Yeah! Last year, I was honored to be a speaker at his high-performance racing seminar. And having attended, I can tell you it's an invaluable learning experience if you love to race. This year marks the 25th anniversary of Armadillo's high-performance racing seminars, and it takes place Saturday, February 8th in Tacoma, Washington. For your seminar fee, you'll spend a day with four of racing's premier professionals on how to improve your driving and much, much more. This year's outstanding speaker lineup include Jacques Delari, Ph.D., 
world-renowned high-performance driving and life coach, Jeff Braun, a race engineer with a history at Core Racing and IMSA, Ross Bentley, top driving coach, author of world-renowned Speed Secrets and a fellow podcaster, and Dan Davis, retired director of motorsports for Ford Motor Company. All of these incredible racing experts are past guests here on Cars Yeah. As an added bonus for Cars Yeah listeners, you'll get to join these speakers at the Friday night reception at the incredible LeMay Car Museum for free. That's right. It's a $50 value if you sign up by January 15th. What a deal. Go to Armadillo Racing's website and register. That's armadilloracing.com. All right. Uh, welcome, Jeff. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm ready to go. Let's, uh, let's wave the green flag. There you go. As I say, or as you hear in your life, green, 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 we are yeah, ready absolutely. to race. Well, could you say a little bit uh, to our listeners here, a little bit about yourself? I did an intro there, but my gosh, you know, you were a guest on my show, and this kind of blew me away when I went back and looked. Back in December of 2014, I was just kind of a newbie. You were one of those kind people that were some of my first guests. You were guest number 150. Now you're up to, I'm up to 1469. It's been far too long since we've talked, but I would love to have you kind of quickly catch us up on what's going on in your world, and then I'm going to jump into some of the questions here. Sure, perfect. Well, first of all, uh, you can't be right. It can't be five years ago. It has to be like I know. five months ago, it seems like. But uh, thanks for having me back, and congratulations on on the continued success of the of the podcast. It's uh, fantastic. You. And so for me, um, since we talked last, that was end of 2014. I was at Speed Source and Mazda Racing as their competition director. And in 2015, I was hired by Core Autosport to uh, race engineer their LMPC car that uh, that my son had been driving. My son, Colin, had been driving at Core for four years at that point. And so it was a great opportunity for me to go engineer Colin, who obviously I've worked with since he was drove his first go-kart race when he was five. So the chance to go engineer him on a top-level team owned by John Bennett and run by Morgan Brady was, you know, a no-brainer. So got to do that 15, 16, 17, 18, and all the way up to the end of last season, end of 19. And we won a couple championships in LMPC and uh, then switched in 17 to running a Porsche GTD car. And then in 18, we ran Orica LMP2 car in the top category in IMSA, nearly won the championship as a little privateer against the factory GM, factory Mazda, and factory Acura teams. Kudos for that, because you guys came in second place, right, overall? Yep. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, I know in racing, second is like, uh, but yeah. <laughs> the teams you guys were running against, I'm, I'm, I'm not amazed because I know you, you're a very smart guy, Colin's an incredible driver, but my gosh, congratulations for what you guys pulled off. It's it's absolutely incredible. Thank you. It was that was that was the the epitome of a small, hardworking, talented group of guys just doing a, a really good job. And you know, we're a little team, Cores, a little team from Rock Hill, South Carolina. We had about seven people, full time people on the team against Penske and Action oh, yeah, Express. That guy. <laughs> yeah, that guy. And the might of Mazda Racing and GM 
and all of that. And we were hard and smart. And literally with five minutes to go in the last race at Petit Le Mans, we were leading the championship. But there was a rule change before the race by IMSA that required us to run a smaller fuel tank than we had run all year. And that fuel tank made it such that we had to make a pit stop with five minutes to go where no one else did. And it took us out of the position we needed to win the championship. Oh, I, I so, can't even imagine that oh, feeling. Yeah. That hurt. We did, yeah, it did. But we did win two races. We had three poles. We were on the podium in half the races. And compared to a team like Penske had zero wins, had no okay, poles that go. year. So yeah. we were pretty happy with, with our performance. And, I um, think so. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so that, well, that was a good year. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. You know, this is cool. And I, I'm going to have you talk a little bit into our talk here about what you're doing now. But I, I again, just incredible congratulations to you and the team, and your son. I mean, that must have been so rewarding for you working with your son like that. And, and the team and what you guys pulled off is just, it's mind blowing to me, especially against big guys like Penske and Mazda and some of these others that have just massive resources. So, Bravo to you and your Thank guys. Thank you. Very, Thank you. Yeah. Guys Guys did a great job. It's uh, yeah. That was a lot it's of fun. It's all about teamwork. Yeah, no doubt. Well, listen, as we continue in your journey, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying in your business, your life, and your racing that has great meaning for you. Would you share one with us? Um. Yeah, I would say I'll give it the, the one we've been using at Core a lot was keep grinding. I know it sounds <laughs> yeah. it sounds a little intense, but that's what it was. We just kept grinding. You know, people would say, you did a great job. And we'd be like, just keep grinding. Just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep grinding away and it'll it'll come. So that was kind of my, that's kind of the latest one that got us through, you know, the good times in 18 and maybe a little bit rougher year this year at CORE. Um, but we just kept grinding. And I think that's success quote. I think that's probably what you have to do to have success. Well, I love this. And I tell you, it's a repeated theme here with so many of my inspiring automotive enthusiasts here at Cars. Yeah. It has to do with per, uh, persistence, tenacity, perseverance. And in racing, it's that age old, it ain't over to the fat lady sings, eh? Uh, yeah. When that flag comes down and you look at how close you were. Yeah. You just got to keep grinding. And people that are successful, that's what they do. They have off years. They have tough times. But you know what? They just put their head down. They keep going. Um, so sure. I love the fact, too, that your success quote has changed from the last time you were on the show, which is kind of cool. That shows <laughs> that you've evolved and grown <laughs> a little bit. So that's cool. Um, uh, let me just remind you what it was back in 2014. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> uh, well, it came from your father, and it was, okay. you never know until you try. Oh, yeah. So, Still a good one. Still a good one. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Very, very cool. Well, tell us something about what you're doing. You know, we're into the new year here. I can't believe it's 2020. Uh, your life, my life, we are, it's racing by. It's a little frightening sometimes. What has you excited and fired up about this new year? Well, um, so Core Autosport had shut down at the end of 2019. So we were, uh, John Bennett, the car owner, decided to retire from racing. And that's what um, that happens. It's not like a big shock or anything. It's, it's a part of a racing consulting race engineer or mechanic or anything is part of part of life so i looked for some other things that are going on fortunately i had some good offers and you've caught me at a time where i can say i have signed a deal for the rest of the year this year 
it will be in IMSA. I can't, it hasn't been announced yet. The team, it's the team's uh, priority or prerogative to announce when it's, when, when they want to, but um, I will be at the 24 hours of Daytona working for this team. It's on a prototype team. It looks like it will be for the, for the rest of the year. So watch, uh, watch the racing websites and um, I'm sure it'll be announced soon, but I do have that for the whole year. I'm looking, really looking forward to that. And I also do and have for the last four years um, as kind of a secondary job, Ferrari Challenge. It's a series of all Ferrari race cars, the current 488 Ferrari Challenge car. So it's a single make series with pretty much gentlemen drivers who are new to the sport learning, but they're racing Ferrari Challenge cars. And I go have a a client there that uh, Mike Watt, who is a great, um, really fun, hardworking uh, enthusiast of of trying to improve his racecraft and getting better and faster, and and that's where I was today. That's where I at Daytona. We were testing for the Ferrari Challenge series, and you know, just a, a lot of driver, coach, and engineers. A lot of the IMSA drivers and engineers come and do Ferrari Challenge and help these new to racing drivers learn learn the sport. So it's it's kind of a little different than my main job. But it's it's kind of a teaching job, and that's that's quite a lot of fun. So I have I'll have those two things going this year: Ferrari Challenge and my a prototype uh, team. I'm going to be working with. Well, you let me know when the announcement comes out with this new venture of yours, so I can pitch that out there there to everybody. But congratulations Thank on you. that. You know, there's there's a great little pearl of wisdom that you've probably unknowingly shared here for people who work in industries where it's seasonal, things change, people retire. Always have something planned and something somewhat secondary going on so that when these things happen, you're not just left in the cold. I would imagine throughout your business, you're always looking like a race car driver, not right in front of you, but way down the track, right? Yeah, for sure. And it's a small, it's a small industry. American racing is a, is a relatively small industry. And one of the interesting things about racing is in different to some other industries or most other industries is that every weekend you're performing your duty or your task or your specialty side by side with essentially your competition for jobs. You know, um, there's 40 cars at the 24 hours of Daytona. That means there's 40 race engineers. I'm one of them. There's 39 other people. When teams change and things happen, we're competing for one of those 40 jobs and you're doing it side by side. A potential customer of mine who wants me to race engineer their cars, he, uh, you know, he doesn't have to look far to see how right. Look at that guy and the guy next there and the guy next there. And you can look at the yeah. timesheet and go, well, the guy who's quickest on the timesheet. Uh, maybe I'll hire that race engineer. And the guy who's 40th, yeah, maybe I won't hire him. It, it's a friendly kind of thing. You know, the engineers, we all know each other, a lot of networking going on. So you're always interested in who's starting a new team, and which team might be closing and what mechanics are going where and what drivers are going where. And you're you're looking for a possibility if something like core shutting down happens, you, you want to be in a position where you're needed. Uh, I've always said, the, there's no job security as a consulting engineer or a consulting mechanic. There's a lot of fly-in mechanics and things like that. There's no job security in racing. The job security is you need to have a skill that is wanted, needed, and people are willing to pay for. 
um, and do that at a high level so that when one door closes, you have immediate offers from other people for that skill that you've shown over the years. You know, and it's, it relates to a lot of other businesses too. A lot of people are never thinking about that. They think that what they're doing now is going to be forever. And a lot of things can happen that are completely out of your control. So if you're not always looking ahead, again, I, I akin it to uh, when I went to racing school, you're always talking about looking way down the track. You're right. never looking right in front of you. And uh, life is that way. You've always got to have one eye way down the line there, just in yeah. case. Well, I, I introduced you talking about uh, a little kid who started karting at seven and went to his first race at three. Is there a time in your life when you said, you know what, this is the career path for me. This is racing, working in this industry. I know you went to school got a degree in engineering, but was there a pivotal moment, as you recall it, when you said, this is what I want to do with my life? Um, yeah, that's a great question. I think it happened early. It probably happened about the time when I was old enough to understand that you, that people had to get a job. You know, when you're six, seven years old, your parents pay for stuff and you only hang out with other kids and you're like, oh, and then suddenly, you know, you realize, I don't know what age it is then, but, you know, 12, 13, like, oh, yeah, you, you need a job and need to support yourself. And my parents aren't going to pay for it forever. forever. And right. yeah. oh, what, what, what could I do? And I was racing pretty seriously then in karting and stuff. And, and I, when I was started racing cars when I was 16. Um, I built a Triumph Spitfire and we went car racing in SCCA races, right from go-karts to cars. And well, in Canada, I guess you couldn't race SCCA when you were 16. So we built a car. I lived in Wisconsin. We built a Triumph Spitfire and we trailered it to Canada and I raced for two years in Canada. <laughs> you found, you find a way around the rules. <laughs> exactly. And the Canadians, I don't know. They thought 16 year olds were, were okay to race. So heck, we went not? to Canada. <laughs> and cool. so I, I did that and I started at, at that time, I wanted to be the next Dan Gurney, Formula One driver, you know, American Formula One driver. That was what I was going to do. Uh, it became, I don't know, uh, I'd like to say it became obvious that I wasn't going to do that because I didn't have the money or the brakes or something like that. More likely, I probably didn't have the talent as a driver. So um, you know, I won a couple SEC, I qualified for the runoffs a bunch of times and all of that, but I really started, I remember maybe here's the key. Here's the, the, that one moment I'm underneath the time Spitfire. We're at IRP Indianapolis Raceway Park. I'm underneath the Spitfire. I'm changing some suspension, maybe a sway bar setting or something like that. And I hear on the loudspeaker, I was in G production and I hear on the loudspeaker, uh, 10 minutes to the grid for G production. And I remember thinking to myself, oh man, I wish I could finish this suspension change and somebody else could be putting their helmet on and getting ready to drive and go out and drive it. I wish I didn't have to drive because I really want to see if this suspension change is going to make the car better. And I thought, wow, okay. I would rather be working on the suspension geometry because I'd done all the analysis in my math and stuff. And I wanted to see if this change was going to work. And suddenly dawned on me, I was more excited about the mechanical engineering and vehicle dynamics than I was about the driving. The epiphany and, moment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and at <laughs> cool. about that time, it was like, 
okay, I'm 17. High school is going to end. I can go to college and learn more about it. And I went to college not to get a classical engineering job and go out in the industry, in the aircraft industry or the automotive industry. I went to college to become better at making race cars go faster. Yeah, it's an awesome story. Well, let's jump to today. You do so many different things in your business, but what's the one thing that is the favorite thing for you to do? No question. I can answer that immediately. The time I love the most is from about 10 minutes, 20 minutes before the green flag of any practice session till about 30 minutes after the checkered flag of that practice session. That the learning, time, the learning, yeah. Yeah, working with the driver to make the car go better, working with the crew, the quick decisions that have to be made on in practice. We're going to change, you know, you go out, you have a plan, the driver goes out, he does five laps, he comes diving in the pits, the crew jacks it up, they're checking the tires, they're checking uh, suspension, they're waiting, I'm talking to the driver, how did it handle what change do we want to make? I'm deciding what change to make with the driver, giving that information to the crew. They quick make the change, driver back out, three laps to see if it was in the right direction, back in the pit. And we do that for a one-hour session. Maybe we get four or five changes in a one-hour session. The crew is really on it. It's kind of, uh, I would think, uh, I like to study NFL football teams and the coaches and the and the procedures and processes and the decision making and how how and who makes those decisions in in the NFL it's racing the practice is very much like that it's coordinated precision with snap decisions that have to be made correctly quickly and so that one that part of racing is by far and away the favorite cool you know it's kind of like baseball um, my son's gotten a little bit into baseball and baseball's always honestly kind of bored me a little bit. And he goes, no, dad, baseball is a game of math. And he loves mm-hmm. mathematics and that. And, and he started explaining to me, uh, just recently over the Christmas vacation, I went, ah, I never thought about it like yeah. that. So very, very cool. Yeah. Racing very much the same way. Well, let's take a short break and say hello and a thank you to a couple of our sponsors and we'll be right back. Edelbrock has been the name in automotive performance since 1938. Edelbrock designs and builds thousands of the finest automotive performance products right here in the USA for both street and track. From their AVS2 carburetors to V6 superchargers, if it's more power you crave, Edelbrock delivers. Let's talk superchargers. Whether it's an application-specific system or a universal fit, their precision-made assemblies come in multiple stages for a wide variety of makes and models. Their V6 superchargers are dyno-tested and ensure the perfect fit and maximum horsepower torque plus added boost. You'll get huge power gains. I mean huge power gains. Quality construction you can trust and backed by decades of knowledge, Edelbrock is a brand that provides you with proven performance. And I've got a deal for you. This January 2020, you can get 10% off, 10% off if you use the code CARSYEAH at checkout. Just go to edelbrock.com and use CARSYEAH, all one word, at checkout and get 10% off. Tell them Mark at CARSYEAH sent you. That's edelbrock.com, checkout code CARSYEAH for your 10% off. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for the enthusiast and the collector. It's your monthly must-read whether you dream of owning a collector car 
have two cars or 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Plus, you'll get the exclusive SEM guide to restoration shops included for free. At checkout, use the code CARSYEAH and receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription. It's an exclusive offer from me here at Cars Yeah. I'm Mark Green, and I love Sports Car Market Magazine. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today, and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars yeah website at com. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified. And he's a car guy, too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. All right, Jeff, we're back. And I want to uh, take a look at some of the roads you've driven down. Talk about a big challenge that you faced. Oh, my gosh. Now, there's an open-ended question in racing. But kind of take us to one that maybe is in the last couple of years that really, really was tough, really pushed you. Walk us through that difficult time. But more importantly, what was the lesson learned? so you can move forward in a positive light? Yeah, uh, directly 2019, 2019 was last year. We discussed earlier the pretty incredible year we had at CORE in 2018. And in 2019, IMSA had made a change, basically banning the car that we ran in 2018 and almost won the championship. They banned it from that class and moved it to another class altogether. And so my car owner, John Bennett, wanted to stay in the top class, which, but that required us to have a whole different chassis, different car to remain in the manufacturer supported class. So he took on the task once again to compete against the factories, but now with a whole new car. And it was the Nissan powered Ligier chassis. So it's a Ligier chassis with a Nissan engine. So we were not factory supported by Nissan. Nissan was is not in the business of supporting that class of car, unlike Mazda and Acura and General Motors, who actually put technical resources and financial resources into the IMSA team. Nissan was strictly a supplier of engines to us. They never pretended to be um, on the same level or or wanted to be on the same support level. They have other operations in racing in Japan that, that they put their money in. So so we basically leased engines from Nissan and we were on our own as an independent team. 
And it was a struggle for us because the chassis that we had and the engine combination that we had was not at the level, performance level, of the other cars. And IMSA has what they call balance of performance, where they're supposed to balance the performance of all the manufacturers so that everybody can compete on an equal footing. Well, what had happened is when they split the class in these two cars, making the car we had before not eligible anymore, they then moved the performance of all the top class, the Daytona Prototype International class. They moved them up. And what it did was it left the Nissan kind of unable to reach that level where the other three cars could. So we were with this Nissan that couldn't reach the performance level of the new class. So we struggled to try to compete on on an equal basis with them. And we did okay. We did, you know, we had some good results. Early on, we well, we even had a pole position at Mossport where we put everything we had into trying to get a pole position. Sacrificing a race setup, we just went for a pole just to try to get some spark to the team and 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 have something to hang our hat on. I don't want to make it sound like a complete downer, but it was it was a struggle year where all the things that we learned in 2018, all the things that got us to almost win a championship, we kept. We had faith that that was the right way to do it. And we kept doing that. We kept doing it the same way. Nobody on the team got down in the dumps. We knew that was the right way to do it. We powered through it. We had some glimmers of success. Nobody, we knew that was the right procedure, the right way to to move forward. And we made the car better and better and better throughout the year, even though IMSA's um, balance analysis showed that we needed to be almost 100 pounds lighter to equal the performance of the other cars. So obviously, I mean, the challenge is there, and you hear this in racing all the time, the rules, the rules, the rules, and how they're constantly almost just fighting you all the way. I I can't even imagine. Uh, But, you know, the fact that you came through the way you did just shows the tenacity, the grind, like you said before. Exactly. Exactly. We use that. We use that a lot, guys. Okay, guys, let's just keep grinding. You know, this will we'll we'll get it. We'll get it. And you can sit around and cry, but you know what? Those are the cards you're dealt. So right, you right. got to play them. Well, let's have a little bit of fun for a second here and talk about the first race. I, I usually ask people about their first really special vehicle. Since you've already been in the show, you've answered that question. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this: What was the first race car that you worked on that you just were beside yourself? You went, man, I've made it. I could think deep about that and try to find that, but because you asked that question, it, the one that pops right to my mind is the Ferrari 333 SP. Oh, so nice. If, if people know what that is, that is the iconic Ferrari sports car from the 90s. And yeah. it's it's when, the, when sports car prototype racing went to the open cockpit concept from the GTP 962s and all of that. They went to the open cockpit concept and it was a car that Ferrari, a Ferrari V12 for a 1989 Formula One engine. It was based on that engine. What was that engine? Oh, sounds delicious. For endurance racing. <laughs> oh man, it does sound amazing. High revving yeah. V12, five valve yeah. V12. 
If anybody is interested, just go on YouTube and and look for there's some great videos with sound that are just will show you. Yeah. Turn up the volume because yeah, yeah, that car made uh, sounds that were it, it it you know remember they came out with that motor and people uh you know what happened but man when you hear it oh yeah. it's so yeah, good it, it's amazing that was a great car designed by Delara oh yeah and, that's right. Yep, Delara designed it, so that's why I started a long, long relationship with the people at Delara, with Mr. Delara himself and Andrea Toso and all the aerodynamicists and everybody. Tony Southgate um, did most of the design along with Delara, and, and Delara built it. And that car was fantastic, iconic sports car of the day. We won Sebring. I worked for a team called Team Scandia, which was owned by Andy Evans. We won Sebring a couple times with it. We won the 1995 IMSA World Sports Car Championship with it with Fermin Velez and drivers like uh, Mauro Baldi and Michele Alvarado and got, uh, Eric Vandepol and people like that. So I got to work with all of those guys on a high-level team. So that Ferrari 333 worked with that car for three years, took it to Le Mans with Team Scandia. So that was kind of the like, Wow, somebody has given me control of a million dollar race car with ex Formula One drivers driving. And they said, do whatever you think is best, make it go fast. Here's a great top level crew guys with Formula One drivers and a million dollar race car. Go ahead, Jeff, whatever you think's best, it's all yours. Have fun. Like, yeah. yeah. Died and went to heaven. Ah, oh, very, exactly. very cool. Well, wonderful story. Well, here's a bit of a introspective question. I don't think I had this question back when you were on the show five and five and a half years ago. If you woke up tomorrow, and I'm going to modify this for you a little bit. I usually ask people, if you woke up tomorrow and you were a car, what kind of car would you be? Not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself manifested as a car. Your question is a race car. What car would I be? Um, yeah. And it's going to be a, a race very, car for you. Okay. This is a, ooh, what car, what race car would I be? I would probably, um, hmm. I always say, don't think so hard. Don't think too hard about this. Whatever comes don't to your head first. Too hard. My kids always, when they always call me the diesel. Uh, because I just keep grinding, I guess. I just keep going and going and going. So I don't know. We'll pick a race car that um, just never breaks down, just keeps going. Just you can't, you can't stop. Um, I think that's me. I'm not very smart. I'm not very brilliant and all of that. But I just I keep, find that keep, very hard to believe, Jeff. <laughs> I I think I just keep plugging away. Uh, I beat problems to death rather than come up with clever solutions. I just beat them to death. So. Whatever race car, whatever super reliable, I'm trying to think of. There's not, most race cars aren't super reliable. They're not very reliable. Well, it would have to be probably an endurance racer. Let's start with that. Right, right. Porsche 962 might be it. I mean, that car hardly ever broke down. It just kept on going. If they raced F Ford F350 dually diesel pickup trucks, I'd be that guy. But I'll go with 962. <laughs> 962 yeah, 962 is a lot sexier. <laughs> right, right. That'd be yeah. Me. Yeah, I like it. Very cool. Well, let's jump into some uh, kind of what I call the last lap here, the white flags out. So these would be very quick, short answers from you. Uh, and here we go. What's one of your, I think you've already answered this one. What's one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your successes over the years? Yeah, just never give up. Never just keep pounding. As a racing theme. 
If I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that individual be? I've got been fortunate to meet most of the people I've wanted I'll to meet you in, in racing. Um, yeah. You know, Henry Ford popped into mind. Yeah, I've, you know, I've, it's a very I've, common I've, answer just because. Is of, it really? Okay. Well, think about a grinder. I mean, there's the ultimate car grind. I mean, look what he had to do to create a car and, you know, I mean, build a factory. What's the best uh, racing advice? If you could have like a one-sentence racing advice, what would it be? Don't spend your own money. Find somebody <laughs> else's money to spend. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's kind of a general idea. But if you want to get into racing, a lot of people ask me that. As an engineer, I get a lot of like college kids who are about ready to graduate. They want to be in racing. They want to get into the sport. And and really, I, I've talked about this at, at Andy Collins's seminars, um, like I'm going to go to here in a in a month or so. Uh, yeah, I've talked to I've talked about this to people there, and and my advice is, you have to find something that sets you apart from the others because there are lots of people that want to get in racing. They they have lots of skills. They've all been to Formula SAE in college. They've all have their engineering degree. They need to find something that sets yourself apart so that race teams want to hire you and make makes you unique. Some, you know, you've been in karting for many years and you're a good driver. Well, that helps in engineering and mechanics. Or you you are a good fabricator. You can run a CNC machine. Even though you might not be hi- being hired for that job, it sets you apart from the other thousand people that want that same job. And, and that's what I, that would be my advice to get into racing. How about a resource? Is there a great, let's say, racing resource, website, a place that's a go-to for you? Uh, Along those lines, I find it incredible the amount of people that want to get into racing and haven't read Carol Smith's books. I mean, those books are people, well, they're old. No, strength materials and how to build a race car and how to tune a race car. You know, physics, there's lots of things that have changed. But physics have not has not changed. Physics doesn't change. No, it still works the same <laughs> way it did when Carol Smith wrote those books. And yeah. so, if you want to be an engineer, a mechanic, even a, a weekend racer in autocross or SCCA or whatever, if you haven't picked up all the tune to tune to win, tune to uh, prepare to win, all those to win books that Carol Smith wrote, you're you're missing out on a virtually free resource. And so that would be my research. I know that people are expecting a magic website or some kind of thing, but but yeah. uh, there's lots of those out there, but do not miss Carol Smith's books. You've got to read those. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, we'll put a listing of those. Uh, many racers and people have recommended those books. They're absolutely fantastic. I was given some of those books uh, when I started vintage racing many, many years ago. They're really fantastic. And I'll remind our listeners too that Jeff wrote a book Inside Racing Technology by the Jeff Braun. So we'll put a listing for that as well. It's a great resource for you uh, to have on your automotive shelf. All right, we're up to the checkered flag. This is a place you've been many times. I have a question for you here. I always ask my guests if I could buy them one really cool collector car. What would that car be? In your case, it might be a vintage race car that you might like to have or anything, but I'll buy anything you want. But there are some rules to my game since I'm writing the check. I'll be the sponsor today. Those checks always come with a little bit of uh, rules atti- attached to them. Uh, you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. 
uh, or to fund your own race team. So if you pick a Ferrari GTO and uh, you sell it for $70 million, um, eh, you're, can't you, you can't do that. Right. Got to keep it. Okay. Uh, you got to drive it. I want you to have a car that you have some fun with. And here's the kicker. It's the only one cool collect car that you can have. So what can I buy you this time, Jeff? Well, I should, probably shouldn't pick the same car as last time. The last time was the Gurney Eagle Formula One car, the 1967 oh, yeah. Gurney Eagle F1 car. Yeah, kind so, of a special car. <laughs> yeah, so I picked that one last time. So since this is a new one, I have a new one. It Good. would be a, it's a, and a lot of people aren't going to know that this car even exists, but for me, it's special. It would be the Camel Light Argo JM19 with a Ferrari engine in it. And the reason is, I built it from the ground up. I ran the team and it was owned by my dad and a couple of his friends who put the money in it. My dad always wanted to race in the 24 hours of Daytona. And we bought this Argo through Jim Downing, who was the Argo importer. And it's a late 80s iconic shaped GTP car, you know, the big gullwing door and had a Ferrari 308 engine in it built by Ted Wentz and Wayne Brown in work who now own Savannah race engines. That car, you know, I built it basically with my own hands, every wire, every bolt, every, everything. Uh, Steve Johnson helped drive it and helped me with uh, some of the suspension design. So it's, and it's, we sold it when we were done with it. I'd love to have that car back in my shop okay. and store <laughs> it. And it's still around someplace. I kind of know where it is. And I actually have the phone number for the guy. And I'm afraid to call him because... Uh, <laughs> he might say I yes. Might, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So if you're going to buy it, I'll take Yeah, just give one. me the phone number, Jeff. I'll okay, give him a call. Perfect. We'll get that perfect. car shipped out to you. And, you know, the, the benefits of Cars Yeah Fantasy question here is, not only will I ship you the car... I'll pay to restore it. So just start sending me bills every month, you know, until you get it done. We'll I take care it. of you. I you like that? That's the one I want. Uh, perfect. <laughs> perfect. Done there deal. you go. I, I agree. Yeah, that sounds like a dream. What a, what a special car. I loved watching those races back in the 80s. I remember going to Del Mar when they were running there. Uh, in fact, that's the race I took my wife to her first car race. She went there screaming and yelling, I don't want to go. I don't like cars. And I couldn't get her to leave. I mean, she went, this is a whole different Great. deal when you're at the track. I right. mean, watching it on TV is boring, but you could hear it. You come through your chest. The the sound of the even on that sh- that slow track there yep. at Del Mar. Uh, you know it. Yeah, it's uh, you got to go to a race if you've never been to a race. Hey, what's the best way for our listeners to follow along with you and your business? Oh, yeah. So um, this might disappoint some people or not. Maybe it's a good thing. <laughs> Um, I used to be on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff. And I kind of decided I escaped. I shut all that down. I decided that I'm going to spend more time trying to make race cars go faster and not uh, scrolling through Instagram, seeing who ate what, where and all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, um, (laughs) I applaud you. (laughs) I wish I could do that. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I, you know, I told Colin uh, about that and, He's like, Dad, I can't do that. I'm a professional race car driver. I said, no, I don't think you should do that. That's part of your brand, and you have to do that. For me, I'm a race engineer. Nobody really cares about what I do. And so... <laughs> Except the team so owner. The best, yeah, oh, exactly. Those guys care. <laughs> but And they care that I'm not on Instagram. They care that I'm working on the data, trying to make it go faster. 
So really the best way to follow back is to follow along with me is tune into your podcast and maybe we won't wait f- wait five years and people can find so out what's going on. the next time we have you back. On, on that, right? Yeah, there you go. Does your business uh, transact? Do you have a website for that? I don't even have a website. Don't I'm even, just, you, you know, I must be a curmudgeon I'm very jealous, Jeff, because yeah. you, you figured out a way to not have to do any of that. I have a few guests like that. So uh, I'll just tell listeners that you should follow along with Colin, your son's racing. I think that'd be a good idea. How's that That's sound? a good way. Another thing is I've been I hope this isn't um, re- uh, competition against you. I think it's not really. I've Marshall Pruitt at racer.com and I have been doing uh, almost weekly podcasts with some technical sports car. It, it's pure technical stuff called Inside the Sports Car Paddock. So every week, uh, Marshall and I talk. He puts it on racer.com and, uh, and on his own podcast and we talk technical current kind of topics of technical sports car racing so check out marshall you can hear uh him and i talk about uh what's going on in the technical end of sports car racing each week well i'm very uh happy that you're uh, in the podcast world with me now i think this is great i'll make sure i put links to all these things on jeff shono's page if you're into racing uh listen to he and marshall on the eraser.com show and you can uh, learn a little bit more about racing as well. That's very, very cool. And if you want to meet Jeff in person, again, as I mentioned in the beginning, he's going to be one of the key speakers at this year's Armadillo Racing Seminar. It takes place on February 8th in Tacoma. I was uh, very honored to speak at the event last year. It's a wonderful event if you're into racing. It's a must-do. It's, it's very inexpensive. You can come out here to the Pacific Northwest. Go to LeMay Museum while you're here and enjoy some cars. Uh, just go to armadilloracing.com. You'll learn all about it. Jeff, I'll let you get back to work. Thank you for coming back. Next time, it won't be so long, I promise you. No I want problem. to thank you for yeah for all your expertise and sharing your experiences with our listeners. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah TV is available on Mav TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find Mav TV on Direct TV, Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.